Today's episode is brought to you by Birthing Stone and their Baby Sleep Coaching Program. Birthing Stone sleep coaches help you invest in a lifetime of good sleep for your little one and provide in-home, personalized support to help you reach your goals. Head over to motherbirth.co slash birthingstone for more information. What if mothers realize that whatever maybe little blurps or issues that the newborns are going through, you know, like if it's if it's, you know, sleep or gas or anxiety or, or you know, or any anything that kind of comes up, maybe it's the energy of the mother that needs to shift. We believe that not just babies are born, mothers are born too. We're your hosts, Lara, a labor and delivery nurse and aspiring midwife, and Melissa, a mother and doula. Welcome to Mother Birth, a space for thought-provoking and inspirational conversations about birth and exploration of what it means to become a mother. Hi everybody, it's Laura and Melissa at Mother Birth, and we're really excited today uh, for our guest. Um, we have someone on, Han O, oh, and she works um, mostly with women um, in the postpartum period, and she's going to share with us a little bit about the things she's developed Um is specifically in that fourth trimester. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, thanks for having me on here. Um, I'm based out of Los Angeles, and um, I started a food delivery business for new mothers in 2010, and that catered to you know new mothers who've just given birth and um, and focusing on the fourth trimester. So I did that for you know a good five plus years and. From that, um, grew into a whole story, lifestyle, community here that branched out into the book, The First 40 Days, and that was launched in um, April 2016. Mm. Yeah, so a few a few months ago, we did a, a giveaway of Han's book, The First 40 Days, and it was just so well received by our community. We had seen it. I had a copy and we were just so stoked about the work that she was doing and the perspective that she was sharing about really preserving and honoring that postpartum transition time and sort of how to build the support that you need into that time for new moms. And so um, the... The subtitle of the book is, correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. Han, but it's uh, Restoring the Art of Nourishing the New Mother. Is that is that the yeah, subtitle? Yeah, it's, it's a little bit. It's the art of nourishing the new mother. It's um, Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and that idea of that is kind of a, a lost mm-hmm. art in, in today's world. You know, we... We just don't really emphasize that communal support around new moms. You know, so many women have to go back to work quickly. Um, You know, so many women, their partners go back to work quickly. And so it's, it really becomes this kind of, you know, frantic, hectic time for people. And especially if you have other kids or, you know, other things that you're managing, there's just not a lot of space to, to really focus on, on your recovery and on just spending time with your baby. And so we love, we love Han's work. She just, she just really helps to open that space and that conversation around what it looks like. Even if you don't have, you know, the book is called the first 40 days, you might not have 40 days, but whatever you have, how can you really, really optimize that? So would you tell us a little bit about what drew you to this work in the first place? I know you have, um, I know you're from an Asian country. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, sort of the, the impetus for starting this work? Yeah, so I grew up in mainly in Oakland, California, and I grew up around my two aunts and one uncle who are all acupuncturists, and they all have their own different mm. businesses, all within one building. So it's like upper level, second level, and and the bottom level. And I would just run up and down their offices when I was a child, and I would see how they would um, treat their patients. And the second level aunt is uh, she specialized in fertility. And I was always mesmerized with, you know, pregnancy, with birth, with natural birthing, with just anything to do with birth. Ever since I was a child, I would always look at illustrations of birth. It was kind of odd, but I was really attracted to it. And, um, and I remember my aunts just treating these women and, 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 you know, and she would have table full of photos of newborns. And I was always just like, oh my gosh, like you are just, you know, you're just the the queen here. 
And, um, mm-hmm. and you know, that draw the attention of the herbs and the acupuncture and the medicine and also the relations to, um, to how we eat and how we um, choose our ingredients. Because everything that we eat in the Chinese culture, there's always a function, there's always a purpose, there's always, a, always an organ to feed and to nourish for whatever ailments mm. or whatever that is needed for that season or um, just for all kinds of vitality of life of like just, you know, it, yeah. that's what we sort of aim for is vitality, long living, you know, black, dark hair, <laughs> ageless skin. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit vain, but you know, that's what, <laughs> that's what the goal is. Um, yeah. so it's all about prevention. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so I would draw in a lot of those, um, just childhood memories and, and, and yeah. bring that to what sort of speed it up to what we have now, which is our modern society, busy mothers, you know, Western world of just, you know, go, go, go and catch up. And then like, and then we get sick. So then I'm like, okay, so mm. how do we slow everything down? Let's really take this time to really kind of like see what's happening here. So, um, mm. so I was able to, um, you know, through my travels to Asia, to Shanghai, Taiwan, or India, um, I would always go and look for midwives or grandmothers or aunties and, and listen to their mm. stories of how they you know, save the special meats and save the special foods for after birth. And I'm like, okay, that's such a special ceremonial time. And, and then I look at yeah. what we come back, when I come back here in the States, and just like, wow, it's really a big difference here. So there's a big gap that, you know, we're hoping to fill here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I can say too, I have had, um, I lived for a little while in Morocco mm-hmm. and I've thought back on that time often because um, I lived by a midwife. And so like kind of listening and looking, but I wasn't even in this world yet, but they do something similar. Like there's special foods that they, everyone has in that earlier postpartum period. One of them is the celebration food that most Americans I think Mm -hmm. would turn their nose at. It's all Mm -hmm. hearts and kidneys. Mm -hmm. And um, like chopped up finely with cinnamon mm. and layered in pastry. And like that's at every birth. And even they also do it in grieving process. Um, mm. And that midwife would talk about feeding grief also. And I was like, I just, you know, like you look back on things like that and you're like, that makes so much sense. And there's tradition in it. And so, you know, whatever that tradition might be, but yeah. it, it's from that it's like so beautiful, tradition. It's so colorful yeah. and just so in depth. And, you know, it just brings the lineage of your ancestors together and um you know you just feel good about it you just feel mm-hmm. more in touch with your family and your community that's wonderful yeah and i think that what is really beautiful about it too that even though you know the particular ceremonial or communal traditions that you're describing belong to a certain culture they are something that can benefit everyone and and you know maybe not cer- certain aspects of it may not be you know, applicable or desirable to everyone. But I think that there's so much that can be taken and can be applied to any, any new mom, to any new family that can, that really wants to, to really honor that transition and to create as much space as possible and to choose, you know, rituals and rhythms and, um, you know, foods that are going to be really, really nourishing in that Mm -hmm. time. Wonderful. It is. It is. You know, I remember going to um, Shanghai and visiting a postpartum center, a, a hotel. And, you know, they really um, invest into um, the mothers there. Um, these hotels are pretty grand. Um, they're very expensive. Mm-hmm. They, you know, definitely um, literally invest a lot of money into a month or plus day. And pretty much the mother stays with the baby and, um, there's full on 24 hour care and there's security and there's, mm-hmm. you know, bathing and massaging and there's food all around the clock and, and, um, and, you know, it's a really, you know, it's, it's, um, it's also an awakening experience because, you know, then I hear the government supports it in the city, you know, like everybody supports this. 
So it's, yeah. you know, it's, it feels like we have so many years. <laughs> we have so many years uh, of work to do <laughs> to catch up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seriously. Well, because what you just said is so true. I mean, you know, I can have a personal desire to you know, to create a certain postpartum experience. And I can even have the immediate familial or communal support to help achieve that. But you're right that on a, on a, you know, systemic or foundational level, like we just don't have these kinds of supports built into, you know, a lot of Western cultures and certainly North American culture, which, you know, is what we both live in Mm -hmm. and work in. Han, had you, before you started doing this work um, with, you know, providing, you know, food for other families in the, um, in the area, had you started your own motherhood journey? I did. I did. So um, I have three children. They're now 14, 12, and nine. Uh, my okay. first birth was, um, they're, they're all born in Los Angeles. And my first birth, I experienced the the Zuoyuezi, which is the sitting the month, where my aunt came mm-hmm. down and um, she cooked for me for a good couple weeks. And um, I literally did not do anything besides get up, feed, and change my baby's diaper. So mm-hmm. that was um, that was a really, you know, that was my first experience. You know, she was just like, stay in bed, you know, put your socks on, put your, you know, hat on don't shower. Of course I showered. Um, and, um, mm-hmm. I ate all the foods that she would put in front of me. It was tons of tonics and pig feet trotters and, and, um, lots of black vinegar and rice wine and, um, and kidneys, you know, to support the kidneys and liver and, and, and all that. So it's all to help with milk production and, you know, getting the, the blood circulating and kind of moving out in. So, um, that's what, the um the goal is you know to get the blood circulating so you're you're you know you're you're feeding um kind of you know well and you know hopefully that will all go well um and then my mm-hmm. second birth was you know it, it, I went right back to work you know we had a um family business at home so I went straight back in probably a couple of days after and mm-hmm. um I had my baby strapped onto me and I just felt like I could do it and of course, I crashed a couple of weeks later. Um, I literally just physically just said, you know, that was that I cannot do that. Like, I just literally just couldn't move after that. Shut, shut down. down. Yeah. And then my third birth, mm-hmm. I worked all the way through to the end. And I literally got sick again the month before I gave birth. And um, I was in bed for about a month before. And um, the last two births were home births. So luckily, I was able to stay in bed. But um, that last birth really made a big turn on me where I just said, you know what, this is this, I had such three drastic, um, postpartum experiences and I physically drastically different, very mm-hmm. drastically different. Yeah. Yes. Very, very different. Um, so the last birth was just like, okay, now I went through a, you know, postpartum depression. My midwife came over and she was said, wow, there's something really wrong here. The room feels cold. You feel cold. You feel vacant. You don't feel like you're here. I literally was just, I was checked out. And mm-hmm. um, and I didn't realize I was going through a depression until she basically said, you're going through something right now. So mm-hmm. um, so she gave me some homeopathic, you know, shots. And um, I felt much better um, a couple weeks later. But from that experience, that really... Um, that really turned the corner for me. And um, so about a year and a half later, after my third child was born, I started to do more research and to figure out that, to find out that, you know, we don't really have a service here like that, like mother bees mm-hmm. of, you know, serving new mothers fresh food. So I just just got into the kitchen and then I started to cook, you know, for friends and and for, you know, doulas. And that started to spread, you know, on its own. And, um, and yeah, I just, I could have did everything possible to make it happen to serve others while, 
knowing that, you know, it's probably me that I was serving all this time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So did you, before your first was born, you said that at your first birth, your, or after your first birth, your aunt came for the first couple of weeks. Was that something that had been discussed? Was it something that you had grown up expecting or, you know, after, once you became pregnant, that it was kind of always the plan or did she just kind of show up and, and make that happen? Yeah. You know what? I don't remember having like a sit down, right 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 we didn't write anything out definitely we didn't I mean it wasn't that we don't have that kind of communication so um it did feel like she sort of just came with bags of food and just plotted herself in the kitchen and just start making things and um you know Mm. you know if there's any Asian um if there's an Asian audience out there right now listening um you know, it's just like you say a lot of yeses and you nod your head and you're like, yes, it tastes mm. very good. And that's pretty much a response for the food that's made for you. Um, so that's kind of mm-hmm. um, that's that's what's like growing up in a Chinese environment. Um, you sort of just say it's good a lot. Like it's yummy. <laughs> you know, it's so um, so I never said no to any of it. I, I you know, I I just. It was part of the experience, definitely. And looking back, it was, um, you know, it was, it had to happen that way. So everything Mm. was perfect the way it was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like you really perceived the benefit of that care at that time? Or was it, you know, just kind of something you took for granted? Yeah, no, I did. I really did. Um, I definitely felt um, stronger physically. Um, I had issues with breastfeeding um, only because it was just, it was so tough on me. Um, and, mm-hmm. and for, you know, just for the breast to, to immediately be sucked on like that was yeah. so tough. And I literally just was in tears for a good six months. And, um, and, but physically I was, I felt strong. I felt like I could have, you know, I, I, I kind of like got, right into it about the six weeks um time around six weeks for Mm -hmm. um the first and the second was a good turning point Mm -hmm. and um and that was just like wow that's you know that was that was a good chunk of my time um resting yeah so um looking back that was essential Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's you know when we you know recently when we did the giveaway of your book and, you know, we have partnered with Earth Mama mm-hmm. Organics as well. And, you know, I've talked a lot about their uh, postpartum, you know, lying in plan that they help people create. And it's really interesting as we have these conversations with women where, you know, like across the board, people are like, oh my gosh, this sounds amazing. Or yes, I had that same experience. But we also, we hear people say that sounds so amazing, but I could, you know, it could never be possible for me. You know, I have older children or, you know, my, my husband has to go straight back to work or I don't have family in the area or, you know, for, for many people, there isn't a service like mother bees. And, you know, so it's, it's, I think so challenging for people to, to conceptualize how this will be you know, how really kind of focusing on that rest and recovery, how that will be possible. What do you, how do you talk to, to new moms about that? And what is your perspective? Yeah, that's a very real, it's a real, uh, it's, it's real, it's real life there. Um, I understand that um, not a lot of people can um, afford extra, you know, main meals. Um, I would suggest to have at least one good girlfriend and um, on hand. Um, doesn't have to be a lot. Um, I would just say one, um, one, one that you feel good um, shedding some tears or being vulnerable around or just calling up or just um, texting um, just in case if, um, if the husband or partner needs to go back to work within a couple of days. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's that one girlfriend that you would help maybe with the toddlers and, and, um, and and maybe you know creating a a food train um, and some drop offs and just understanding that there is a very sensitive time and she understands that too, knowing that you know she's not going to be mm-hmm. catered on and she's not and if there's a sign on the door she's not going to take an offense to it, you know she could just leave the food at the door yeah and um, you know it's it's you know we always just need that one that one really good friend and. Um, 
You know, it's yeah. not everybody I know can afford a doula or postpartum doula or help. And, um, and that's, yeah. that's the only way that we could do it, you know, and hopefully that one will turn to, you know, maybe three, you know, so as like a silent three, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a silent two in the background, <laughs> kind of like moving things yeah. around, but um, maybe one in touch, that's in touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like um, meal train is something that I have you know participated in with lots of friends, and I feel like it's such a practical, like easy support system mm-hmm. for an early mom with foods. And um, I love that you can like say well, like exactly what you just said and um, leave it at the door or <laughs> like mm-hmm. not receiving yeah. guests tonight or um, focusing on foods that are like nourishing or comforting to you and suggesting that is there, um, you know, without, you know, everyone, everyone should get this book, but is there something that you really focus on in your meal prep? Like, yeah, that's a consistent thread in all the meals as far as like support yeah. and nourishment. Yeah. So I mean, um, you know, we have, we always start with, um, broths or soups because that always, I always feel like it always brings a smile to the face. It's just, you know, you kind of mm. like, you're able to kind of sit back and sink into your body and be like, oh my gosh, I just feel so good. Um, so we always like to start with that or a, a nice um, warm herbal tea or warm uh, nut milk with maybe cardamom and um, and um, some dates and cinnamon in it. Um, and that's always kind of just kind of sinks you in as well. Um, whatever that takes kind mm. of like the anxious kind of like kind of tops that off and so you can kind of just you know um yeah kind of like rest into your 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 place there so you know it's a good idea to um and this and of course this is an opportunity for women to really find their own voice you know this is what it is all about you know it's it's about self-empowerment it's about self-care to the empowerment to your own voice and, you know, if you're sitting back and being and 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 say yes to a meal train, but not saying anything to what you would like on the meal train, then that's not completely, you know, your voice 100 mm-hmm. percent. You're using it maybe 35 percent. So I would love to see more women, you know, speak up to what their body actually wants. And maybe they do want a pizza. I mean, like I'm not, you know, I'm yeah. I eat I eat junk food, you know, it's 10%, but it's just like, I have my fun foods. So, you know, um, so it's, it's, um, it's really that it's like, you know, you, you take the time through pregnancy of, you know, of hopefully knowing your body and, you know, sinking into that. And then you kind of figure out what your body actually desires. And with the guidance of, you know, just all the resources we, we are, we are, so fortunate to have so many good resources nowadays compared to what we used to have and it's all out there so you just kind of simplify it to very simple um, ingredients and you can ask for bags of groceries Um, you can ask for fresh fruits and vegetables um, that you could just you know you could easily um, or your husband or your partner can easily saute them or roast them or or, um, steam them and you can create very simple meals um, that are not, does not are not labor extensive. So um, you know, yeah, you could eat on a great budget, yeah. um, and you can um, nourish yourself um, very well through very simple um, foods. Okay, so today's episode is brought to you by Birthing Stone and their baby sleep coaching program. Tiffany Decker, who's a friend of ours, is the founder of the company and a birth and postpartum doula, and she realized that the biggest need her families were facing was depletion and exhaustion, and so she set out to find the right tools to help them get great sleep as a family. She ended up becoming a Mommy Wise certified sleeping coach. If you have a baby, you know how confusing the sleep issue is. You desperately want to get some sleep, but you also want to be sensitive to your baby's emotional and physical needs. And if you go on the internet, you're going to read a million different conflicting things, add exhaustion to the mix, and it's easy to just do what you've always been doing, even if it's not really working. 
Tiffany and her team at Birthing Stone offer the most personalized baby sleep support that is available. They come into your home and they help you identify your personal goals around sleep, what your baby's developmental needs and even personality are, and they provide in-the-moment feedback and guidance as you work together to figure out what is actually going to work for your family to get the best possible sleep. Tiffany helped my daughter and I a few months ago and it changed everything. I was so worried it would be a rigid program that would make me feel dependent on something external, but instead I felt so intuitive and I feel so intuitive about my daughter's sleep needs and I know how to adapt as she grows and changes. Being well rested means that we both thrive and we're enjoying our time together so much more. Birthing Stone offers their services all along the West Coast, primarily in Portland, Seattle, and the Santa Barbara areas. To find out if this is the right fit for you and your family, you can complete a quick application for a thorough assessment of your family's needs and goals. So head over to motherbirth.co slash birthingstone for more info. I love what you said about, you know, it being this opportunity for women to find and use their voice. And I think that is so true. I mean, the postpartum period is the perfect time for women to ask for what they need, you know, and to really, to really, I mean, we, we are so bad at that. We are so bad at asking for what we really need, you know, and, and I can't tell you how many times I've texted a new mom and said like, what can, like, what do you need? What can I bring over? And they, you know, they either say nothing or like, well, you know, like they're just so, it's so difficult for us to, to really say like, actually, like you just said, I would love it if you brought over some fresh veggies and fruit. Because we think it's, you know, we think, oh gosh, it will be an inconvenience for them to have to stop by the grocery store or, you know, it's what, you know, what I'm asking feels like too much. And I think that there's, there's so much that, that can be talked through even before your baby comes. And that's so much of what we talk about here on the show and in, in so many of the different initiatives that, you know, that we've supported is that you know, figuring this all out as you go is, is going to be really overwhelming. If you're, if you already have your new baby and you're trying to figure out how you're going to like feed yourself and who's going to help you on days when things are absolutely miserable, like it's, it's kind of too late, you know, like you're not going to, you're probably in many cases going to convince yourself that you don't need or deserve the support that you actually do need and deserve, you know, so you're not going to reach out for it. And I think that, a lot of women, you know, even, even again, recently when we did, um, when we talked about the postpartum lying in plan and, and women said like, you know, I just don't have, I just don't have anyone that's going to be here to help me make that happen. And I think that it can be really easy to think like, okay, well, my partner only has a week off work. You know, my mother-in-law, I don't want her around, you know, my mom can only come for a few days. And, and that all sounds really, you know, incompatible with this, you know, thing that we're describing. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, is that a lot of times that postpartum period just kind of happens to us. And yes, your husband has a week off of work and your mom can come for a few days, but what if you're more strategic about, of course, your mom wants to be there like that first day, but you know, if your husband only has a week off of work, what if your mom comes after he goes back to work? You know, what if you layer things so that you can maximize and stretch out that time of support that you have to the, you know, to the fullest extent that it can be you know exactly it's so true that's so true I mean and also maybe the mother-in-law um quietly be in the other room you know maybe she has a few checklists that she could do and not completely interact (laughs) or be in the bedroom you know I always talk about the um the bridge that you draw up on your own and you know you create those boundaries and it's a fabulous way to create those and also as you said you know, when you're in your postpartum, you're overwhelmed, you got your hormones, you get your, 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 just your, your, there's breast milk everywhere. There's just fluid everywhere. So you're just, (laughs) you know, you're engulfed in that, like, oh my gosh moment. And you're even past that. Oh my gosh. So you're, everything's odd. Right. So yes, practice that Mm -hmm. before, you know, you give birth and have those conversations with certain friends or friend, and maybe the mother-in-laws and the mothers and the partners and just kind of practice that and also practice it with yourself. Like look at yourself in the mirror and say to yourself, you know what? I so deserve this. I love myself. Yeah. I am beautiful. I am, I am the creator of life here and I deserve all of this and more. And, you know, start practicing those words. Um, and hopefully that will start melting into a place of, okay, you know what? I can receive better when I'm in a vulnerability. Yeah. 
So, um, so that kind of breaks the barrier of, of the rigidity that kind of might come later when the, when the emotions are high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's yeah. so wise. And I like, you know, as you said, it's, it's thinking ahead, even, you know, say you have none of the things, you know, that, that we've talked about or family nearby, or, like mm-hmm. you said, even just finding that friend and asking that friend to have that view and that space too, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. I'm here and I'm available. And sometimes you'll need me and sometimes you won't want me. And, yeah. you know, I think everyone should have a person like that in their life, hopefully, if not, then seeking that out and finding that. Cause I think for a lot of people, motherhood and early, early motherhood can be very isolating. And especially if you kind of have not been in that world before in that space, you know, we talk a lot um, with women about just the kind of, you know, modulary lives that we live now and the communities that we choose or don't choose to be a part of. And for a lot of people, um, you know, having a shift and becoming a mom is you're entering a different community, a, a, a motherhood community. Um, you can either be alone in it or you can find others in it. And I think that that is just so wise. Absolutely. And you know what? And, you know, having children really um, taught me the um, the the responses of no. So whenever I hear no, I always say, OK, you're no, but maybe the next person is a yes. <laughs> so, you right. know, if a mother has a doctor that she sees or nurses that she could go to that she goes to, there's got to be a little community there if she doesn't have a friend nearby. So she can ask that that set of, you know, just a little group there. And then that person might know someone else, you know. So it's just like, yeah, it's like you just kind of keep on going until you kind of feel a comfortable place. And um, that's just life in general. So these are so many great lessons to experience when you're going through pregnancy, birth and after birth. And um I always love honoring this time because there's so much growth that can happen in um, in an individual's life. And um, if you really honor that, then um, it's just going to put you ahead of just, you know, being a parent, being an individual, being a, just a citizen um, to yourself, yeah. really. Yeah. Oh, that's such a that's such a beautiful way to think about it. I totally agree that, you know, sometimes you have to search for that community, but it is there. I mean, if you think about the think about how many women anonymously donate breast milk, mm-hmm. like there are there are women and mothers in every community and they may be your peers who have children your age. They may be, you know, grandmothers or, you know, older women who who are then, you know, the who really want to be there for the next generation, who see the ways that, you know, our our busy culture really really disables us from, from nourishing ourselves and, and really honoring that time. And those women are, they are definitely available. And, and like you said, maybe, maybe that means getting some connections through, you know, through your midwife or your doctor, through some nurses, maybe there's a, you know, a, a breastfeeding support group in your community. Maybe there's connections you have through your church. Like there are women that want Mm -hmm. to show up for, for new families. And just because you don't know them yet doesn't mean that you can't find them. Absolutely. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. What would you say the, the thing that you have seen, you know, in all of the women that you've supported through, you know, through the meals that, that you've mm-hmm. created and the book that you've written, what do you think the one thing that you see each woman struggling the most with mm-hmm. in their postpartum period? Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, it's funny. It's that, you know, I do hear a lot of baby is, um, there's gas or baby isn't sleeping. So it's like, it's like, well, what about you? You know, so I always like to turn it to, well, how are you feeling and how are you, you know, eating and sleeping? And, um, what does that, um, question look like for you? Um, so Mm -hmm. that's kind of happening already, but, um, but it's, um, I think it's the loneliness, you know, I've, you know, I like to deliver my uh, meal still. Um, I, you know, I, I do have help as well, but I do enjoy um, delivering. A lot of times I do leave the food. I knock anymore. I used to um, knock and ring the doorbell and, and get invited in. And, um, and I do see the moms kind of like on their own and they're just like, mm-hmm. 
oh my gosh, I really didn't know it was this hard. And, and then I would like, you know, I've never met them, but I would just go in their homes and just, and I'm like, you know what, can I, I can I love to hold your baby while you go and brush your teeth or you go and shower or, you know, and, you know, change your clothes and, and just do the mm-hmm. basics. And she just hasn't done that for a couple of days. So I think it's the, the thought of, you know, feeling, feeling lonely and feeling like she's on this, on this journey on her own. It's the toughest mm-hmm. um, experience to witness. Um, and, and also, um, you know, it's, it's this Western cult, um, society of like, you know, we are tough. We can do it. We're independent. We are, you know, career oriented. Yeah. We're, we're here to make our own money. You know, like we are, we are powerful people, but really it's, it's like, we're kind of not because we're, then we go back into our own little pods and we're like, wow, we're kind of just doing this on our own. So it's, um, mm-hmm. You know, when I go to India, it's just, it's like, you know, the aunties and the mothers are like, yeah, you know, like the fourth trimester is just part of the way of life. Like, you know, they move into the mother's home, they move into the mother-in-law's home for a month to three months, and they just kind of go right into their way of life. And um, there's, they're part of it. They're all part of the whole family. Everybody contributes and chips in. So there's something here that's, Mm -hmm. that, you know, again, there's a gap here. Um, You know, we, we, you know, as a society, as individuals, we're, you know, hopefully this opportunity, this gives us an opportunity to look at, you know, what our challenges are. And, um, and again, you know, maybe the postpartum time isn't really the time to, to really, you know, take the notes. But but hopefully you can do it before a little bit and then after. Um, yeah. So, yes, it's that. It's, you know, it's um, eating, you know, at least something kind of um, nourishing um, and some sort of protein, um, liquids and warm liquids. Um, and then, again, they can be very simple um, and they don't have to have, you know, lots of ingredients. Um and just to also just stay arrested, you know, um, because that could just, mm-hmm. right, that could just um, spark, you know, breastfeeding issues and more anxiety, more stress and um, just more of everything. Yeah. And I think it's so like we need to own the fact that what's happening is powerful in our body as well. Like we are so willing to do that with pregnancy and birth, you know, as, as an idea, like I'm creating mm-hmm. this human being, I'm growing life and birth is such a visceral experience process. Monumental. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but I think also, you know, and I think about this and providing care for women is that postpartum is a really powerful process. Your body's going through too. It's, it takes a lot of time and energy from you. And again, I think people think about that breastfeeding, but again, that's kind of towards, like mm-hmm. you're saying towards the baby, but your actual internal healing is so powerful. You are like returning mm-hmm. to a different homeostasis. And mm-hmm. I hear that so much in, you know, the, you know, what you're saying about supporting that time and and taking time for yourself, which is the last thing people do in postpartum period. But I think it is, it is so necessary that we continue to have these conversations and that women are inspired. Like, you know, you are inspired by your own experience, your own culture, like your own background. And then you continue to be inspired as you saw what you were doing really helps Mm -hmm. women really changes. It can change change the tone for them for that season. And I think, yeah, we just need to really put the power in, in that healing. Like it, it's important to heal. I feel like I say that so many times when I see pe- women postpartum, it's exactly what you said. How are you? Well, and then it's immediately like, well, mm-hmm. you know, the baby's eating this way or sleeping this mm-hmm. way. And it's like that, that is where your thoughts are. And that's where your energy is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, trying to turn that on yourself and say like, yes, I'm not sleeping. Yes. You know, these things are shifting. They have to shift. You know, one of my favorite things people say is like, in in a way the baby is the boss. However, it doesn't mean you like completely neglect 
the acknowledgement of yourself and mm-hmm. find ways, like you're saying, find simple ways. Maybe it's having tea at night. Maybe you sit and drink a warm uh, cup of tea yeah. at night and you reflect. And it's a two to a two mm-hmm. two minute, ten minute experience, whatever it is, finding yeah. something to like have that grounding space for. I have, you know, I'm going through this. Like absolutely, yeah. that's so true. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it it you know, and and also when when pregnancy happens. The, the the spending patterns the um, the um, the diet um, patterns change immediately you know like all of a sudden you're eating you know you're taking in uh, prenatal pills like all of a sudden you're you're you know you're changing your diet only because you just know that you're doing it for your baby but um, right. but you know my aunt had always said you know there's a baby room there that is empty when the baby leaves it so that baby room needs to get filled like really filled with amazing nourishing um, foods and and support and love and energy and light and all that needs to get filled back in because also if you're looking at um at the, your next birth you have to fill your 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 body up with all the good stuff so you can you can replenish yeah. yourself for a second baby right mm-hmm. and also the vitality and longevity of your own life and your own health um, so you know yeah. if you could really if like women can really visualize that and really see the importance of like, oh, wait, there's my uterus. Oh, there's my, you know, there's the parts. Oh, okay. That's actually part of my body. I want to put, you know, good warm mm-hmm. soups in it. I want to, you know, put like love into that area. Then, then that can be part of your whole system of growth and, and, um, and, um, and investment. Yeah. Investment's a good word for it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it just comes back to the community piece. Like, you know, the the truth is, is that you are going to be obsessed with your new baby. You are going to, you know, fixate on every single little breastfeeding, you know, blip and, and, um, you know, how long they're sleeping and how long they're not sleeping and whether it seems like they might have reflux and, you know, (laughs) all, all of the things that, that are going to be so new to you as, as a brand new mom. Mm -hmm. And how do you really create the space to, to also like see yourself and also meet yourself? I mean, realistically and practically you do that by having support Mm -hmm. to be able to do it. You know, I mean, it just, it really does come down to that. Like, and you know, some people have incredible doting partners who like just, make their postpartum world go round. You know, other people don't necessarily have that. They may have a supportive partner, but they have to go back to work or, you know, they aren't as, um, you know, aware of, you know, your needs as a new mom or, or that kind of thing. And, you know, we did an episode a few months ago with, um, a woman who gave birth in Guatemala and I loved what she said so much, which is, which is transcendent to so many different cultures, including the ones that you're describing, which is this idea that like, it would be unheard of in most traditional cultures around the world for a new mother to be left alone with a newborn baby for eight to 10 hours a day. Like it would not happen. And, I just come back to that because the truth is, is that it has only not been like that for, you know, maybe a hundred years in, you know, Western civilization, like for all time before that, all women, you know, not only gave birth in community, but also like mothered in community. And I think that, again, we're not, you know, you may not have the ability to have that level of support and, and presence around you. And you may not even want that. I mean, plenty of people do need and want their, you know, their alone time. And it's perfectly all right. Like you're saying to put the sign on the door that says, please just leave the food and Mm -hmm. run, you know? Um, but I think that also when we really look inside that, there are, there are plenty more times that, like you said, you go into that new mom's home and she's alone and she actually doesn't want to be, you know, she may not want company all day long, but she is so happy to see you. And even if you're there for 30 minutes, it changes everything. It, you know, it grounds her. It helps, it helps her know she's not alone. It helps her know that she's not the first person to experience this. It, It, you know, it, it encourages her. It, Um, I mean, there's just so many, there's so many factors. And I remember, you know, when my daughter was born just a few months ago, I had incredible support, including Lara, who was, you know, at my house pretty much every day. But, you know, there would be times where I wouldn't have seen anyone for, you know, for a day or for a few hours. And I had amazing, um, 
practitioners, alternative practitioners who would come to my home, like my chiropractor would come to my home, my lactation consultant would come to my home. And I would just like, I would just absorb their presence and their energy when they were there. And that's honestly what would get me through, you know? Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, I remember those, like, you know, I I remember like looking towards appointments (laughs) and and visits, knowing that they would only come for 45 minutes to an hour. I knew because I was capped off because that's Mm -hmm. their professional time. (laughs) But, um, but that can also be related to friends, right? Um, I remember like, yes, it's just like, it's, it's connecting with humans. I mean, that's all we, we want and we need and, and, and it's okay to ask for that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it really is. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's a great tip for women to realize that it's not always possible, but there are a lot of practitioners who will come to your home and you may Mm -hmm. absolutely look forward to company, but not to getting in the car and doing the whole car seat thing and driving across town and waiting in the lobby and, you know, all of that. And so, I mean, there are many midwives who do their follow-up care in your home. There are many lactation consultants who will come to your home. There are many, you know, acupuncturists and chiropractors and massage therapists who will come to your home. And if those are things that you're planning to utilize in your postpartum period, like talk to those care providers about coming to your home because a lot of them will be open to it if it's not already just built into their practice, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. That's so true. Yeah. And also, you know, I was thinking that, um, that what if mothers realize that whatever maybe little blurps or issues that the newborns are going through, you know, like if it's, if it's, you know, sleep or gas or anxiety or, or, you know, or any, anything that kind of comes up, maybe it's the energy of the mother that needs to shift. You know, it's always, you know, any kind of healing work that, you know, that um, I do, it's always the parent that needs to get the healing done work first and then the child. So, right, like all energy workers are like, you know, I'm not going to work on the child. I'm going to work on you. (laughs) You know, so that could, you know, if you could see that, you know, during that moment, um, maybe that would shift. And that's why I really want to focus on the mother as like the core first, like we nourish her first and then everybody else will shift around her. And, um, mm. and I'm, and I, you know, I'm guaranteed that, you know, the mothers will give it all. Like they will, pour, they pour it out. Like they're pour out their generosity of care and support and food and all that. But, um, and that's why, you know, the focus is on, first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the whole, like, you can't, you know, you can't fill a cup. You can't pour out from a empty cup. You know, you have to, you do have to take care of yourself first. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. It's, it's so, so important. I think we just, you know, every, all three of us have seen so many, you know, lonely, anxious, struggling new mothers who are asking so much of themselves and, and feeling like they, you know, have to get back to normal, you know, and, and I think we all also agree that there is, there is no going back Uh to how it was before, Mm -hmm. but, you know, everybody feels like they're supposed to get to this state where things are manageable and, you know, you're on your feet and you're active Mm -hmm. and you're, you know, you're getting, you're, you're accomplishing the things that you used to accomplish in your life. And, and it can be really, it can be really sad to see that because there's, you know, there's so much healing that we, that we skip when we do that and not just physical healing, but emotional and mental healing Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so maybe count on, um, you know, not figuring out the stroller and not knowing how to buckle your baby up. I mean, like count on knowing that that's not going to happen in the right way, in the perfect way of how the picture looks. Um, and just know that all the blurps will happen and expect it, you know, expect that, you know, you might be a failed mom, quote unquote, in your eyes, but you know, Mm -hmm. that's just the normality of being a new parent for many others, mm-hmm. um, just accept it, you know, accept it all. And, um, then there's not going to be a failed moment. There's not going to be a winning moment. There's just going to be moments of, you know, just being you the best that you can be at that moment. So there's, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the disappointments won't be so, um, dramatic and, um, you won't be so hard on yourself. Um, and, you know, there's just going to be more gentleness and kindness towards the self. Um, 
and 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 respecting your body and your baby room and you know what you're producing and what you've produced you know that's that's mm. the honorable time there to reflect yeah mm-hmm. yeah well I was going to ask you if there was one thing that you would you know say to all the moms listening uh you know what would that be but I think you probably just you probably just covered that if there's anything yeah. else you want to add let us know but um yeah we just are so grateful for your perspective and and just the the work that you've done and and you know the space you've created for for really nourishing new moms Oh, thank you. You know what? And I couldn't have done this um, without, you know, people like yourself. Um, and, you know, we are really on this amazing surge all together. And um, I'm sure you're seeing this transitioning um, um, kind of kind of like um, shift that's really happening. And it's in a very positive way. And we all are doing it together all around the world. It's happening. Um, so it's, yeah. it's, it's an amazing place and time to be. And uh, we all need each other. It's, um, you know, it's, it's not just me. It's not just you. It's all of us together. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, we're all part of it. You know, and it's, we're going to look back and, you know, it's going to, you know, hopefully be a new page that we're, a humongous page that we're all turning mm-hmm. together. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. It really does take us all working together. Yeah, it does. <laughs> And mm-hmm. if you have really liked hearing um, Han's perspective, you should definitely look into buying her book. Um, we don't think there's anything else out there like it. Um, not only is it beautiful, but it's also very, very informative on uh, what mm-hmm. you should be seeking out and uh, for nutrition and sustenance. And again, also just really great ideas for you and um, how to support mothers in your life. Maybe you're done having kids or haven't had kids yet, but, um, I always like finding new and very, very practical things that I can do for new mothers and, um, buying them this book is one of those things, but also owning it and using it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's full of amazing, beautiful recipes that are are really, really easy to make. Um, I have a copy and it's like one of my, it's one of the recipe or cookbooks that just stays on my countertop because I use it all the time. It's just, it's so, so beautiful and inspiring and it's just really, um, really easy, you know, easy to use and you can check it out. We're going to share a link in the show notes on our page. Um, the book is called the first 40 days, so you can easily search for that or check out the show notes. And if you live in the LA area, um, you can go to motherbees.com, which is where Han provides services to local families that are newly postpartum through her um, meal services. So definitely check that out. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today, Han. We are just, we just love the work that you do and um, are so grateful that you would share with our listeners today. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Good, good. Yes, so much. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Mother Birth Today. If you want to be a bigger part of our community, you can follow us on Instagram at motherbirth.co or connect with us on Facebook, where we have all kinds of behind-the-scenes stuff going on. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the show and rate us in iTunes, which allows other people to find us and helps the show to grow. I think it goes without saying, but Mother Birth is a personal podcast created by Lara Melissa. It's intended as general information. It doesn't constitute or substitute medical advice of any kind. You should always consult with your primary care provider with respect to your medical care. If you're pregnant, planning on becoming pregnant or in the postpartum period.